seventh day physically and naturally so you don't even have to be a prophet to enter the rest nowadays you can just be a regular old sinner a lot of the sinners that the Christians condemn as sinners are entering the kingdom ahead of these religious Pharisees full of the accuser of the brethren and I'm not happy about it I love serving the Bride of Christ and Christians and Shandaravakindiriyakarande every day. But you know what? It's like they insist on doing their own thing. They insist on working for the Father and that older prodigal son syndrome of Luke 15. But this is your fields and this is what your book says for me to do. <laughs> they have a temper tantrum every day at the feet of God the Father of Dove that every day for 12 years me 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 I I works 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 because it's still ego they're still serving themselves pretending like it's God and then boasting about the works of the flesh and appearances before others what I've done you know it's all religion it's Christian Christian religion is just as bad in the charismatic church as it is in the Roman Catholic Church. And we want to say, oh, we're the charismatic. Shandravakinde, yeah, here's a prophecy and angelic tongues, and here's the cherubim of the glory. But I've been in this thing for so long, 12 years, ministering to the charismatic church and the most extreme glory people for so long, that I have seen equal amounts of religious demons operating in the charismatic church as the Roman Catholic Church. I tell you the truth. Because it's still human. It's still capped by humanity and a human mind. It hasn't entered the gates yet. And people think, well, you know, since I have the whole New Testament memorized and, you know, I, I'm the best me I can be by being me, that I'm Christian. That's not even the beginning of Christianity. Being a Christian is not about being a good person. Being a Christian is about being a dead person that's died with him on the cross and it's pain free. It doesn't hurt. He took all the pain so you'd never feel pain. It feels good. That's why I'm in ecstasy enjoying laughter continuously. There's no pain in being crucified with Christ. There's no crown of thorns being pressed into your skull. Ow, 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 ow. No. That's a non-existent religious demon lying to you. All that exists is the bliss of his salvation and the defeat of our sin and death. I mean, don't you think you feel really good when sin and death is removed from your flesh and blood? Don't you think you feel really good when all of your idols are taken out of your hearts and minds and just God the Father's perfection is passing through you like a river of life? I mean, that's all I experience all the time continuously and people think I'm a freak. Like I'm an extreme mature Christian. No, I'm just a regular person that was born again and stayed in Zion and didn't leave the city gates to die to Lucifer and Satan and the ancient red dragon and the magic spells of doo-doo, voodoo, charismatic voodoo of becoming a slave again to works. I'm like, when I got born again, it was so severe, I was paralyzed. I had four pastors carry me out hand and foot and I was blind. Literally, physically, blind. The light was so strong, and I swear I never heard the Apostle Paul story. Never. I had almost no Christian experience. I went to Catholic school a little bit. You don't learn the Bible in Catholic school. 
I mean, and I didn't even go to the Catholic school. I just, you know, skipped it, you know? <laughs> when they were teaching stuff about Catholicism, I didn't even listen to that when I was in Catholic school. I didn't learn anything about Christianity. I'd never heard the Paul story, but when I was born again at age 18 at Minnesota Teen Challenge, downtown Minneapolis, court ordered in October 99, I felt scales fall off my eyes, tears streaming from my eyes. In my only exposure to Christianity had been Catholicism. And it just blew my mind. There was all these things were happening to me that I did not believe in at all. I was struck down by the glory of God and paralyzed with scales physically falling off my eyes and couldn't open my eyes because it was so bright. That's exactly without even a drop of exaggeration or embellishment what happened to me in October of 99. And these four pastors carried me into a little room, began driving demons out of me because I was crying, broken, couldn't open my eyes, you know, I'm like just, I felt like an eggshell cracking over my soul. I never believed in God my whole life, you know, that I could remember. I, all my childhood innocence had been sucked out of me. I was just a black magic zombie in rebellion, which is all black magic. There was, I didn't even see in color anymore. That's why I couldn't open my eyes because there was so much light. I forgot what green looked like. When I looked at the grass after that, I said, oh my God, I've been living in darkness. I was so angry because I was like, I was genu genuinely looking for the meaning of life. Like there's gotta be something here, but I'd never found anything here except death and hell and darkness and all my searching and looking and striving. Started driving these demons out of me. I was like, man, uh, I didn't really believe in demons that much. Like, oh, God, God, oh man, oh man, they're driving this stuff out of me, these pastors. Feels like 10,000 watts of electricity surging through my body. Here I am, don't even believe in any of this stuff, but it's happening to me. They put me outside this room after who knows how long. It felt like hours of them driving demons out of me. I'm not paralyzed anymore, but I feel like 10,000 watts of electricity, so I kind of open my eyes and seeing color for the first time. And they put me on this couch, and the four pastors are in this closed little office room talking about what just happened to me. And I hear the audible voice of God over my head saying, I'll get you more drunk or more high than all the drug addicts, and I'll get them, and I'll get you, I will get you more high than all the drug addicts, and I will make them jealous of how high I get you. That's what it was. And I'm just sitting there, and it feels like 10,000 watts of electricity just surging through my body. And I just, I mean, I'm dumbfounded, shell-shocked. When I got out of that room to walk after that experience, my first day I'm born again, I felt light as a feather. I felt like my feet could just come off the ground. My sins had been forgiven instantly. All of the darkness in my mind was taken out. I couldn't think bad thoughts anymore. There was no negativity in there. That was my born again experience. I was completely saved from head to toes, born again in the city of God with the voice of God from the throne of God, October of 1999. That's why I'm like this. And it was so real. I mean, I at that moment, it was a greater high in intoxication than I'd felt in all the drugs I'd ever done in my life. And I did as much drugs as I'd get my hands on since I was 13 years old. True story. I'd do every drug I could get my hands on. 
trying to escape the pain and whatever. Just rebellious idiot as a child. And my God, it was real. I thought it was going to float off the ground. I was like, ooh. And all the attacks started coming. I mean, it's just, man, when you're saved, Satan wants to take your salvation away from you. And demon after demon, devil after devil, you know, religious person after religious person, rebellious person, people, you know, coming in that were my roommates in Teen Challenge. True story. My first roommate bringing in crack and had a bunch of crack and a crack pipe and there's smoking crack as I'm taking a nap. I look up and I'm, my roommate's smoking crack in the room and throwing the stuff out the window onto Chicago or Elliott Avenue out here. And I'm like three months old Lord. I'm like, and my whole room is hot box with crack cocaine. I was like, oh man. And they end up kicking him out of the program. Heroin offered me, crack offered me, people be sneaking it into the program, alcohol being snuck in, girls sneaking in, sexual morality. I mean, all that stuff was going on, and I was just like, my born-again experience was so extreme. I'm like, uh-uh, nah, dude. Just say no to Satan and his temptations. Like, I'm literally done with sin. For the <laughs> I did the best I could. The temptations became so overwhelming in college, that I did backslide. It was just, I didn't see a pathway to fulfill my destiny. I'm three years into Bible college, studying to be a pastor in the Assemblies of God, and I mean, it's just religion everywhere. I lost every single friend from Teen Challenge, 22 of us that had come from Minnesota Teen Challenge, Every single one of them's back on drugs and alcohol, and they all dropped out of Bible college, and I'm the only one left out of everyone. And my junior year, and I'm just like, it's just wearing on me, and I just, I gotta get out of my system. I started going to the nightclubs and dancing, and at first I danced no alcohol, just drink water, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just have a Heineken. And next thing you know, I'm in six Heinekens. The next thing you know, I'm snorting cocaine, going to theology class, and I just totally backslid and dropped out for a year. And I knocked all that stupid crap off, too. Oh, and God restored me to my senior year of college. Lost my scholarships. I forfeited all of that by dropping out. You know, it was 2005, 2006, you know? <laughs> and my mom picks me up, you know, and I'm, I actually had overdosed. I had overdosed on uh, synthetic cocaine and, and uh, mescaline. And I was dying. And uh, I was really scared because Satan was trying to kill me again. I thought, well, I couldn't go back, but it got seven times worse. True story. I don't think I've ever shared this at Joel's Bar. I shared a little bit about it, but this is in detail. And it, I just, I said, I don't want this. I want God. And I'm praying in tongues, you know, still through this season of backslidden. A half hour, I'm praying in tongues and I'm driving. I'm like, oh, God, this sucks. I want it to be over. I hate rebellion. Why? Why do I have to go through this hell? 2005, it's my testimony. And my mom picks me up, you know, after this drug overdose and takes me to this little ministry and <laughs> these guys are, homeless guys are coming, they're stealing money out of the offering plate right in front of me, and I'm just, but I don't even care. I just was like, man, this is the dumbest thing. And I just raised my hand, it was, I had fallen into so much darkness, it was hard again to raise my hands to worship God. And I'm still a tongue-speaking Christian, but I mean, I got buried in some black magic seven times worse. Finally got to raise my hands, started listening to the audio Bible, 
And I said, oh, I'm not going back this time. Oh, you messed with me, devil, this time. And this, I see how severe and serious this thing is in the USA. I started listening to the Bible eight hours, got restored my senior year of college, and became a thousand times more fanatical on the Holy Ghost because he was trying to kill me. I didn't think things were that bad. I thought maybe I could have an easy life after I'm born again. Hell no. It was freaking all-out war, dude. And he was desperate to take me out. So I said, okay, if we're going to play like that, it's just bare knuckles now. And I'm just going to get so freaking violent and nasty on the Holy Ghost that I never lose again like I lost. And that's what happened to me. I finished my senior year of college, graduated with honors, 3.4 GPA, I'm speaking in tongues, I'm praying, I'm fasting every other day, water only, and I am on fire, man. And we have a conference of Assemblies of God pastors, this is the spring of 2006, Minneapolis, and the AG pastors are coming around me, and they're like, I want him as a youth pastor. They come around me, like 25 pastors at the convention, and be like, it's the... That is, that is a man of God. You know, they were like praying and prophesying over me, and they're like all trying to recruit me to be their youth pastor in all these 200 different AG churches, you know, in the Midwest area at this big convention. And I leave that whole thing, and I'm driving in my Mazda 929, and I hear the audible voice of God in my car saying, You will not pastor churches, you will pastor cities and nations. Call your ministry the Red Letter Ministry. Oh. And I will bless this ministry because it will be my ministry. Oh, man. And I had no idea what that is. I'm volunteering at Substance Church, this little church plant over in the East Bank, University of Minnesota. And I just... So I started doing inner city missions at Hard Times Cafe in North Minneapolis. And I'm on the street eight hours a day, you know, and just in the thick of it, getting shot at, stabbed at, uh, carjacked. Uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff breaking out and I thought that's what you're supposed to do just be in the thick of it in the the melee of the drugs and the violence and the gang warfare in the inner city because I mean I mean that's just what I saw God doing and I did that for 16 months about eight hours a day after eight hours of prayer and and word and tongues and worship and Bible I'd go out every single night sometimes to four o'clock in the morning every single day for 16 months. That was 2006 and 2007, the foundation of our inner city missions in Minneapolis, Red Letter Ministries. And then the Lord started having me doing broadcasting right at the switch of the Florida outpouring. That's when I got hit on some glory sauce that blew me into a level of glory that I didn't even know existed. You know, we were on some David Hogan stuff. I mean, that was my favorite preacher, you know, 2006, 2007. I mean, I'd be listening to David Hogan's sermons, you know. I had four gigabytes on two different DVDs of MP3s of, like, all David Hogan's discography. And that's all I'd listen to is David Hogan, hours and hours and hours a day, and then the Bible, and then go out there and minister every night. Oh, it was awesome. And then I got hit with this open vision after watching a John Crowder video in the beginning of 2008, April of 2008. I'm watching this, it's called Drunk on God or something like that, Ecstasy of God. I'd never heard of John Crowder before. This friend of mine, Clint Wilson, remember Clint? 
Send me this text message. Check out this John Crowder vi video, April 2008. I'm in my mom's house. You know, I'm on a Nazarite vow. Five years of not cutting my hair. And that's what the Lord said. Don't cut your hair for five years as a missionary. And, and so I have a long beard and dreadlocks and payots, you know, down to my butt. You know, it's just like cousin it. And I'm watching this thing in my mom's nice house on Silver Lake of John Crowder. And, I, and it hits me so hard. I went into an open vision in the natural realm of a scroll came down from heaven, opened up. And there was a hookah there, and I heard the audible voice of God say, This is the golden hookah of your Father in heaven. You can toke this golden hookah as much as you want and get as high as you want every day. And so in the open vision, with my eyes open, seeing it in the natural realm, I went up and grabbed it and inhaled, and I've been in a continual ecstasy ever since. And the ecstasy comes sometimes rapture. But it's always like 10,000 watts of energy and electricity of the river of life through my flesh ever since. And that really put me into the throne room on a level of understanding with my mind that I didn't know existed. And that was April of 2008. We went to the Florida outpouring right after that and got drunk down there in Lakeland Revival. And then came back and started making videos met all of our friends in the drunken glory, we got to know a lot of people in ministry, and, and, the, and the broadcasting just blew up because we were so thirsty for more wine because I was seeing the fruit of it. This, this wine was more powerful than everything I'd ever experienced in the apostolic and the prophetic up to that point. One sip of that wine had blown away Everything I've ever known in Christianity up until that time, I said, oh, that's the ultimate. This is the ultimate. And it is. It's Melchizedek's wine. It's the favor and the love of Jesus Christ. It's the cup of the new covenant, the cup of salvation. And I just said, I'm going to go all in in this cup every day, the maximum amount, no matter what. I don't care what opposes me, what persecutes me, what calls it kundalini and all these accusations we've heard for 10 years from thousands of religious Pharisees from around the world. I know this is God. I've seen the fruit of God. And then I started learning about all the revivals and learning about... You know, uh, the drunken glory and the river movement and the glory stream and all this stuff. And it's like, oh man, all we need now is to keep drinking and bring our Father down as our head covering. And we can easily disciple cities and nations with this royal cup of Melchizedek's wine. I mean, I had such a grid for it because it's been miracle after miracle of deliverance and breakthrough and supernatural mind-blowing events my entire life that I know this is easy for God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't have a grid for it when He told it in my car, you disciple cities and nations. I thought that was the craziest thing because I was going to be a youth pastor in the Assemblies of God. I had no grid for that whatsoever. But after I got drunk in 2008, I said, this is going to be easy. All we're going to have to do is drink and let our cups overflow. This is the priesthood of Melchizedek. We have heavenly Jerusalem. We have God the Father's wine. We have the seven spirits of God. We have sonship. We have royalty. We can do this. Our cups can overflow and wash cities and nations clean to on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, when I got drunk, you guys have no idea. Every church that I've been working with in full-time ministry already for 16 months, 
called me the devil. They told me everything I was doing was the devil and wrong, and I looked at him and I could see the demons on him. I mean, I've, I've always been a seer. I saw in the angelic and the demonic even before I was born again. Always seen into the spirit world my whole life. And I could see these people were just demon-possessed Pharisees. And I just, you have to love to stay in ecstasy. So you can't join them in their religiosity and their blindness. So it's terribly confusing and terribly misunderstood. All you can do is just walk away and grow in wine and grow in your overflow. Later on, they'll get washed down the path if they want to stay saved because this is the only cup of salvation that exists in His blood when you drink it. And I'm telling you, the thimble of the charismatic church, the thimble of the Pentecostal church, of what we've tolerated, is nothing compared to the floods of Melchizedek's cup that's coming through the sons of God now this season. It is a royal wine outpouring of the sons and daughters of God, which are the kings and queens of heavenly Jerusalem, the true royalty of Zion, and the overcomers of the world that are all on top of the mountain of the Lord by the transfiguration of the renewing of their mind by drinking the cup of Jesus Christ which isn't a cup of ideas. It's the cup of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the wine, the new wine of the new covenant. And I'm telling you, the Spirit is the seven spirits of God called the glory of God. That's the seven colors of the rainbow. It's the glory of God, so your cup overflows with glory. That's the Father's wine. That's Melchizedek's wine. That's the soul of Jesus Christ. We drink every day, so our souls overflow with new wine and it's getting bigger it's getting more terrible it's the worst time in history to be religious it's the best time in history to be spiritual people will come in that are thirsty now all over the place and just have what you're drinking just drink off of you they'll just stop what they're doing enjoy the presence of God on you because it's a free gift the Bible says come and drink freely you just drink the seven spirits of God right off the soul of that son and daughter of the King, God the King. And you're drinking heavenly Jerusalem right into your soul, and your soul's transformed into the city of heavenly Jerusalem. Your soul becomes Zion on earth because you're the temples of the Holy Spirit. You're the temples of the city of God. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.